Hello from Awakenite Country. This is Tim McCardo, Leroy Junior Senior High School Principal, and welcome back to another edition of Principal McCardo's Weekly Update Podcast. We have an awesome show in store for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy hearing from our Awakenites. This week was a big week uh, in a lot of areas here at our school with homecoming, a lot of great things happening. But one thing that that happened uh, was really big time, and that was our uh, Mr. Mike Culey, our AP Bio Living Environment Infectious Disease teacher, uh, was accepted into the Master Teacher Program of New York State. Uh, over the last few years, uh, New York State has started this Master Teacher Program looking to recruit uh, top STEM uh, teachers uh, and leaders across the state. Uh, and this fall, they just announced uh, the next class that was accepted into the program, 228 new teachers across the state um, you know, that, that joined in, and that included our own Mr. C. And Mr. C went through a very rigorous uh, application process inter- that involved interviewing, uh, recommendations, uh, and a very lengthy, rigorous process to get through into this program. So we're just so thrilled uh, to have a, a, now a second teacher in. Uh, Mrs. Taryn Knoll, our math teacher last year, uh, was accepted in the program. So now uh, Mike joins uh, Taryn as our second teacher here from our small school with big results. Uh, and this is just another example of that. Mike, first of all, congratulations. And uh, second of all, talk to me, what was your motivation to apply for this master teacher program? Well, first off, thank you uh, for the congrats. I heard about it through actually the Western New York Science Cohort, and one of the teachers from Attica, Laura O'Donnell, mentioned it to me because I had been working on this uh, committee with her for a while, and she was a member of it. She was a master teacher, and she thought that it would be a good fit for me. And she described it, and then she showed me some of the uh, professional development stuff that they had available. And uh, so it was an opportunity to work with a lot of people I already know and learn a lot of new stuff. And, you know, Mike is, uh, teaches our uh, AP Bio, Living Environment, uh, Infectious Diseases, and this is his 12th year here um, at Leroy. And, uh, you know, his, he's definitely one of the favorites uh, in, in the building as, as far as, uh, you know, just kind of what he brings to the table each day. And our students really appreciate um, everything the, that he does, that's for sure. Uh, talk to us about what you most enjoy about your job, about, you know, being a teacher. Uh, well, I love science and always have. My mom even saved uh, a little essay I wrote when I was like eight years old about how when I was eight I wanted to be a scientist. And uh, so I've always loved science and I, it always was uh, unfathomable to me that people wouldn't like it. And I think biology is really interesting, especially with all the cutting edge stuff we've got now. So I went from doing science to wanting to teach it because I wanted to share my, my energy and enthusiasm for it and trying to find the kids that maybe never thought about science as a career, get them into it, take the kids who are thinking about science like I used to be, and giving them more opportunities. Absolutely. Now, you can't see it through the uh, podcast today, but uh, Mr. C is very uh, f- uh, famous here at our school for wearing his daily uh, lab coat. Uh, he, he has a, a beautiful white uh, lab coat. Also has a black one that I've seen from time to time. Um, talk to us about that, that uh, you know, the, the, the lab coat. Well, uh, I started wearing it back when I uh, started teaching at Mount Morris, and part of the real motivation for it, I mean, I wore a lab coat for 12 years at the U of R, but uh, I discovered that the dry erase markers, uh, when, when the ink dries, it turns into a powder, and it would get into my clothing. 
and I couldn't get it out. It's actually more permanent than permanent marker once you get in your clothes. So I started wearing the lab coat to keep the stuff off of my, my actual clothing and it worked and uh, it, it became just part of the, the whole shtick, you know, <laughs> part of the whole thing. So that's the real reason I wear it is to keep all my, my clothes from getting dry erase marker all over me. And sometimes my students will notice that there's little ink stains all over my coat. Well, uh, Mr. C does uh, a quite, quite a lot of notes on the whiteboard, so I can, I, I can, I can see that for sure. Um, so let's dive in real quick. Give me an example of, a, um, of, of, a, of your, one of your favorite labs uh, that, that, that you conduct um, in any of your classes and, and, and what students have to do in, in the process of the learning. Well, uh, one of my favorite things is there's a lab that we did. It was originally for AP Bio, and now I've brought it down to the uh, ninth and 10th grade level, and it's genetic engineering of bacteria, where we take uh, E. coli, and I give that to the students, and then we give them a plasma, which is a ring of DNA, and it's got uh, jellyfish DNA in it, the, the DNA that makes the jellyfish glow. And I get the students to do genetic engineering by transforming the bacteria, and they, they get the plasmin into the bacteria, and they can't see any of this. They're just following the procedure, I tell them the background of it, and then the next day, it pretty much always works, but uh, for them to see that they've, they do genetic engineering and to see those bacteria glow under black light uh, is pretty amazing, and they realize that they can do genetic engineering. It's not that hard, it's not that scary, and uh, sometimes they even get really into it and start painting petri dishes with like we are lr things like that so that that glows under black light <laughs> but it's just great to have kids have an access to stuff like that and in ap we use a thermal cycler to test food for genetically modified dna and that's fun so they can see that all their food's been genetically modified i just like showing students and giving them access to a lot of the biotech so anything with biotech i love absolutely and he also uh, was a part of a big grant um, over the years that, that brought a lot of money uh, to our program to purchase um, a lot of those, those different equipment and things that he has in his room. So a mover and a shaker for sure. So what's next uh, up in, in the Master Teacher program? Give us, you know, give our listeners some uh, a feel of what you're going to be going through uh, now that you're in this awesome program. Well, actually, they, they hit the ground running with us. Uh, I got notified last Friday that I was accepted and I already have a six hour professional development that's scheduled for uh, Saturday this weekend. And it's a six hours on rigor. And uh, what I have to do during the course of the year is I'm committing to 50 hours of, at least 50 hours of professional development stuff uh, out of their catalog to take every year. And some of the stuff will be on, uh, we did uh, one on blood spatter uh, analysis. Uh, there's a teacher who, I, I can't wait to get into her classroom. She grows bees. She has like an apiary, so she has a hive, and I don't, I'm not saying I would bring that in my classroom, but I definitely want to see, one, how she does it, and two, you know, just sort of see how she manages to fold it into the regular curriculum. Hmm. So wow. it's, it's getting to meet lots of new teachers who teach different things in different ways, and uh, I'll get to meet some really great people, but, you know, I also get to go on lots of re retreats and training and uh, learn a lot of new stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's an incredible program. We in, we encourage any uh, teacher that that is in the STEM uh, fields, you know, to be thinking about um, you know applying to this because of the ongoing professional development and the connections and the learning um, is what you know Mr. C is looking forward to the most. And and we're just so happy that you uh, took the step out for our students and for our district to be able to continue to evolve yourself and bring back this professional development that's going to impact our schools so much. So congratulations. 
congratulations to you and your family for this great honor. Uh, we look forward to seeing how it impacts our school and, uh, and, and hopefully you've enjoyed all the messages and people reaching out. We, we've seen a lot of great things there. Um, so congratulations and thanks for coming on the podcast this week. Thank you. Next up on our podcast, I'm excited to have our three gymnasts in the school that are part of the Genesee uh, Valley Gymnastics Varsity Team. Uh, this is our third year that we're offering this combined team uh, with multiple schools, and it's a great opportunity for our, for our students to be able to compete at the varsity level um, in, in New York State Athletics. Uh, so I'm going to have our team members introduce themselves uh, today. Hi, I'm Ellie Sorensen. I'm a senior, and I do floor. Hi, I'm Hannah Spencer. I'm in ninth grade. I do bars and beam. Hi, I'm Corey Radley. I'm in eighth grade and I do floor and beam. So this is a really cool opportunity because, you know, most of our teams obviously are all on campus, um, but we do have some combined teams with gymnastics and also swimming um, and also ice hockey. So it's a unique, you know, slice of our school to be able to, to represent our school with, with, you know, with other schools in the region and also on campus. Um, so, Ellie, why don't you talk to us about uh, who's on the team and how the season's going so far? So far, the season's going pretty good. We've beat Corning. And um, on our team, we have Leroy, Alexander, Byron Virgin, um, Batavia, and Pembroke. Okay. And how, how cool is it to be able to meet, you know, the, the students from the other schools and, and, and beyond that combined team? It's exciting. You make a lot of new friends, and it's like a different atmosphere from just seeing people you see every day at school. Cool. Hannah, why don't you talk to us about what a daily practice is and, and who your coach is and, uh, you know, what are some of those expectations? Um, our coach is Stephanie Hamilton. She's a great coach. Um, usually when we get there, we do, like, a little bit of conditioning just to warm us up, and then we stretch, and then she'll send us to our events that we need to work on. And at the end of practice, we'll do conditioning for like 15 minutes and then we'll go. <laughs> awesome. Well, the, the sport from, I mean, I've always been a big fan of U.S. gymnastics and of watching the Olympics. And I mean, it, it can just have so much, um, you know, just admiration for these athletes of this, the dedication and what they have to put their bodies through to be able to compete in this type of a competition. Which brings me to Corey. And, you know, Corey, I think you've been doing this for a long time. Talk to us about you know, the sport of gymnastics and, and what you've had to do over the years to, you know, to be able to participate at, at a level like this. Well, like you said, I've been doing this my whole life. Um, it takes a lot of practice, like four hours some days and sometimes two hours. But the owner of the gym, Amy, she helps a lot with us. Like she works us hard. She works on our body shapes and stuff. And it's a hard sport. Like Absolutely. Yeah. What, so talk to me about like your guys' best, uh, and anyone could go at any time, your, your best uh, uh, you know, favorite event that you like to do. Definitely floor. I feel like you can just go out there and it's like a dance kind of, but like with tumbling and like jumps. So it's like, it's fun. I like beam the most just because like you get to... Like, it's harder to do stuff on there, which I think it, like, makes it better. It's, like, more challenging, mm -hmm. I guess. The beam to me has to be, I mean, if I was looking at, I mean, though there, if I was going to try any of these myself, they all look really tough, but the beam is, like, there's really no uh, margin of error on that thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My favorite event is also floor. It's just 
it's the easiest for me because you could, like she said, it's just like fun dance, and if you mess up, you can try to play it off and like make it fun. Okay, cool. Now, do you guys uh, do you follow any of the U.S. gymnastics uh, athletes or have any you know you know anything to share about what you look up to them? I follow um, Simone Biles and like a lot of the Fierce Five team members. Mm-hmm. Simone Biles is definitely my favorite. I mean, Biles is, I mean, you want to talk about an athlete. I mean, she's just <laughs> yeah. off the charts, what she's doing with, with her body on the mat and the flips and mm-hmm. setting records. And, I mean, it's going to be exciting to see her this summer in, yeah. in the Olympics for sure. Yeah, I also look up to Simone Biles because she works hard every day and she never gives up. Like, yeah. Well, we'll have to see if we can get her on the podcast you know, the next <laughs> yeah. time you guys are on, right? Well, listen, I want to thank you for joining us uh, on the podcast. We're really proud that you're representing our school the way that you have been. Um, I'm excited to get out and uh, get some pictures of you guys in action and see this, uh, see this going. So good luck the rest of the season. Enjoy, and thanks for joining the podcast. Thank, thank you. you. All right, next on the podcast, I'm uh, really excited to uh, be welcomed with uh, Coach Moran is here with us uh, today. Uh, On Friday night at Hartwood Park, uh, Coach is going to be honored for his years of uh, service uh, to our district and as our football coach. Uh, Coach was on the sidelines for uh, 26 years. He clipped a record of 203 wins, 64 losses, and two ties. Uh, 14 sectional titles and in 1995 a, a magical season uh, with a state title that year. Uh, Coach, uh, great to have you here on the podcast. First of all, let's just uh, talk about how's retirement going? Oh, retirement is wonderful. You know, people always ask me, do you, do you miss coaching and being around the kids? And I say, yes, I, I miss the kids. But there comes a time where it's time to step back and let a new generation take over and uh, there's always something to do with 10 grandkids. <laughs> no doubt. Um, let's first, uh, let me start with just, you know, getting your thoughts on, you know, what did it mean for you uh, to be standing on the Awakenite sideline for 26 years? What, you know, to, to represent this community um, and, and to lead this program, what did it mean uh, to you on those Friday nights? Well, even before, you know, I had the opportunity to come here, this is one of the places you want to come. It's a great community. Uh, they really not only enjoy their football but they enjoy athletics as a whole and they're supportive to the community to the to the programs to our kids and i think that's what's the most important thing is the way that our community interacts with our with our students and and just makes it a great place for the kids to grow up and a great place to coach when you look back and kind of reflect on uh, on your years as coach i mean what are you most proud of that that you've left behind your legacy you know over those 26 years i think that the thing that I look at the most is the kids. You know, even today I have kids in their 40s and I, and I look at them as kids. I think that's the most important thing when we're done from our coaching or our educational careers to take a look at what our kids are doing. And, and I'm very proud of our program because our kids do such a great job, not only in our community, but really all over the world. Um, let's, let's go back to 1995 and, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we had an opportunity to kind of surprise you on the first day of school with some of those members that came here and, and kind of reflected to our students, you know, what it meant to be in a whack and night and, and win a title like that. Um, you know, when you think of winning teams and you think of successful programs, you know, go back to 1995 and kind of really define that season and, and that success that you guys had. That was a, a group of young men that just liked to play. 
they were not they were very physical but they were great with each other and I think that's the most important thing when you look at some of the most successful teams it's how they interact in the locker room how they interact in school and in the community and, and even today when I look around and I see the kids you know uh, I had an opportunity to see a few of them the other day just the way they interact today with each other and that's what makes a team the way that the kids can perform with each other and get along with each other and, and that's what was special about that team. Absolutely. It was, it's, it was great to uh, you know, hear a lot of the stories and have met some of those players over the years and, and what they've met and how it's really impacted their life you know, for, you know, from that moment on. Um, and you know, one of the cool stories that I, rem that I heard and learned about that year was uh, Cal Mom was also uh, at the state championship. Um, and I believe when you guys were coming off or they were coming off, you had an opportunity you kind of both teams kind of interacted. Talk to me about that moment. Well, I think that's what people forget, and, and that's what makes that rivalry so great is, uh, you know, that week before we even went to the Cary Dome, I had the opportunity to ride down to Syracuse with Coach Monticelli and, and just the little sharing thoughts of how to prepare for a different building. The venue's totally different than what you're used to. And I think that's what makes those programs so great is that, yeah, and then any given night we're going to want to beat each other. But after that, it's, it's really what can we do for each other. And I think that's what makes this caledonia Leroy rivalry so great in the state. Not, you know, it's just amazing how they feed off us and we fed off them during that, that run down through the state title. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this year we had a great game just uh, a couple weeks ago with a, with a win over Cal mm -hmm. Mom and, uh, and continuing that, that legacy. Um, so one of the cool things about your career was, was your last year. Um, you know, in, in 2014, you had a really, uh, really great ball club there. Um, and you finish off your, you know, your career winning, you know, the, your 14th sectional title. Um, and it was cool uh, for myself personally to be able to experience uh, that with you and, uh, you know, just see the whole, you know, gamut uh, of things that happened that year, including you getting uh, your, you know, your hair shaved, uh, you winning your 200th win, uh, just a lot of cool experiences. How did it, you know, how, how was that, the, you know, as you look back, as, as the cherry on the Sunday of your career to finish that way? It, it was, and again, you know, when I sit back and, and, you know, I look at those situations, I look at the 14 championships, you know, those are great, but, you know, I look at the kids again, you know, and, and, and the time we had that year together, they were a special group. Uh, again, they worked hard for each other, and, and that's what makes championships. And as I look at the championship, I, you know, it, it brings a smile to my face because I was very fortunate. We won my first year here and my last year here, and... I see those kids quite a bit, you know, around the community, and it just puts a smile on my face every time I see them because I know their hard work and, and dedication to the program is what made us successful that year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just the, the – I wish everyone could have been in the clubhouse uh, that night, you know, coming back after the title where the head shave was going on. There's some great videos and pictures over the years that Ed Henry and other people have captured. And it just is the pinnacle of what high school sports is all about, was literally just in that clubhouse. And you had a great coaching staff and, and you know, great people that surrounded you. Just a magical moment, uh, I think, in Leroy football history. It was great. You know, people forget, but – you know, the coaching staff is so important. I was very fortunate, especially Coach Palladino was with me every day, yep. every game for 26 years. And uh, I think that's what makes the program special.
Absolutely. And it's great to see a lot of those guys still, you know, coming around to practice or coming on the sidelines. It, it, it's, it's in their blood. It's not something that they did, you know. Um, so what advice would you give to, you know, young knights here, you know, in our district and their parents, um, you know, in, in being successful? I mean, you're, you're a coach and a person that has bred success in anything that you've done. Um, you know, so what, what would be some advice that you would, would, would hand out? Well, we go back to two things, you know, and, it, it, and I re- relate it to a, to a practice. I talk about practice, tempo, and concentration. And those two things really are discipline. You know, you need to be disciplined and you need to know when it's time to go to work and get things done. So, you know, success isn't something that's just handed to you. Success is earned. And to be successful, you have to work hard. And I think that's something we worked on every day. When you came to practice, you know, it was time to go to work. So we had a two-hour block, and this was work time. Not that we didn't have fun or interact, but we knew when it was time to go to work and concentrate and get ready for the next opponent. Those are the things I think that carry on to make you successful. So it doesn't matter if you're playing football or soccer or baseball or, or any, anything else. You just have to go in it with the idea that you have to give it your best and work hard to be successful. Awesome. Great advice, and I hope that people uh, really understand that because uh, it is the cornerstone of, uh, of being successful without a doubt. Uh, last thing, Coach, you know, I'm a big Bills fan, and, and you're, you're a, Bill, you're a um, you know, Buffalo Bills fan yourself and, and also an expert of football. So can you give us a prediction? Do you think this team can make the playoffs this year? I think so. I think they're, they're right on the verge of becoming a very successful team. If you take a look at the things that, that I jump out at me, just what we talked about, the discipline aspect. You know, they've, they've cut down the penalty situation, and, and I think the turnovers are next. But, again, you have a quarterback who's young, put us in a situation last week where we just lost a game and we still had four turnovers. I think those are the things they can correct because he's such a talented young person that they will be very successful not only this year in the next three or four years. I think they've built the program the right way, and, and I enjoy watching them. So. Yeah. Absolutely, it's uh, it's definitely fun. And this year, um, our varsity uh, football program undefeated, um, you know, ranked in the state. Uh, uh, homecoming game this week. Uh, what are some things that that you that you see out of this team, or uh, things to be looking forward to as the season goes on? Well, I think you know, like any year, you know, it's day to day. These guys are four and zero. They put themselves in a great situation to be successful throughout the year. But it, the most important thing now, we always said it when we were coaching is when you get into week five, six, and seven, do you get better or do you get worse? And that's where you really need to settle down and really go to work. So hopefully this week and next week, because I, you know, next couple of games, obviously you got homecoming this week, but you got Let's Saw next week, who is one of the top teams in the sectional classification. So we need to get better, you know, this week and every day so that we have a, a chance to be successful down through the playoff run. Awesome. Well, Coach, you got me pumped up. I'm ready to run through a wall right now myself. But I want to thank you for uh, you know, joining me on the podcast this week. We, you know, we can't thank you enough for your contributions to the uh, community, the school football program over the years. And we're excited to have you uh, have, have your brick uh, join the legends there uh, at the flagpole at Hartwood Park on Friday. Well, I'm honored to be part of it. So it's just a great place to coach football and a great place to live. And, you know, it, it, um, enjoy being part of the community and watching my grandkids grow up. So it's just a great place to be. Awesome. Thank you very much, Coach, for joining us. Thank you.
Each week, I like to end the podcast by selecting the social media post of the week. Uh, This week, definitely not going to make that pick. Uh, We had so many great uh, posts this week uh, showcasing and highlighting the spirit that's homecoming 2019. I invite you to check all of the posts and videos uh, that captures uh, homecoming 2019 and the spirit that our Knights have here in Awaka Knight country. Uh, It is a special place, and we're so fortunate uh, to have so many of our students and staff uh, get into uh, this week. So we had a blast. Uh, We hope that everyone did as well. So that's all from this week. Thanks to our uh, listeners and thank you to our guests. And we'll see you next week from Awaka Night Country. Go Knights!